Good morning, PCA. Everybody on your feet. It's an awesome day to praise our God. Amen. I'm so glad to see you all here. Praise be to our God. He is alive. He is alive and well. We bless your holy name, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're moving in our lives. We bless your holy name. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. Yeah. I love so bold to see a revolution somehow. Sing it again. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. Yeah. I love so bold to see a revolution somehow. Now I'm lost in your freedom. Hallelujah. Oh, this world I'll overcome. My God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. He's roaring. He's roaring, he's roaring like a lion. He's roaring, he's roaring, he's roaring like a lion. Oh, let hope arise and make the darkness hide. Yeah, my faith is dead. I need a resurrection somehow. Let hope arise. Darkness hide. Thank you, Jesus. My faith is dead. I need a resurrection somehow. Now I'm lost in your freedom. Oh, this world I've overcome. My God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the Roaring like a lion, God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside. Sing it again. Roaring like a lion, God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, he's roaring. He's roaring. He's roaring like a lion. He's roaring, he's roaring, he's roaring like a lion. Let heaven roar and fire fall. Come shake the ground, hear the sound of revival. Let heaven roar and fire fall. Come shake the ground. With the sound Sing it one more time. Hallelujah. 
You've said that you will never leave us or forsake us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of you feel like you may be there right now. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us, God. Hallelujah. When I walk through deep waters, I know that you will be with me. When I'm standing in a fire, I will not be overcome. Through the valley of the shadow, I will not fear. I am not Through these trials, you have 
Jesus is bigger than anything that ever comes up against us. Bigger than anything that ever comes up against us. There is such power in the name of Jesus. It is the most powerful name ever. At the name of Jesus, salvation comes. Healings come. Demons have to flee. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are so good to us, God. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Thank you. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addition starts to break Thank you, Lord, Jesus Declaring there is hope and there is freedom Thank you, Lord I speak Jesus is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a Thank you, Lord. To every soul held captive by depression, I speak Jesus. Because your name is power, your name is healing, your Shadows burn like a fire. Shout, 
that you'll have your way in this service and every bit of the service help us to glorify you touch our hearts and make us more like you today thank you lord in jesus name amen good morning how's everybody doing good 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 so if you're a guest here if you're new here you're a big deal we want you to fill out a vip card you can find them behind the seats we are so glad you're here so excited you're here Hopefully that was some good worship for you. I was, that was great. Um, I have some announcements real quick. So it's Operation Christmas Child time. You could have saw in the foyer maybe. There's a little table. 
Um, we'll have a guest speaker after church today at 1.30, so be sure to come by and see how the shoebox changed this lady's life. It's someone that personally got affected by it, so that's really cool. It's awesome. So you want to join us, and if you want to get to that, um, you can uh, talk to Rhonda or Jenny or Regina or Morgan. There's a whole bunch of people you can talk to. They can tell you all about it, how you can be involved. Also, some more. So um, adults, if you're an adult, I think most of you are. Uh, so we always act like one, but sometimes, most of the time we're adult. Uh, please come join us, uh, the Brian Bereen Equip class. It's Sunday from 9.30 to 10.15. It's in the library. It's back there. It's a great time. Definitely want to be there. And then today is the final day to sign up for the Light for the Lost Banquet. It's a steak dinner. It's tomorrow at 7 p.m. here in the PCA Fellowship Hall. It's $10 a person, and that money's due at sign up, um, which is out in the foyer. So you can do that as well. Um, so... Today I'm going to talk a little about offering, but first, today is a big deal, uh, especially for kids. If uh, October 31st is a really big day for kids, um, it's quite a treat. You know, they go door to door. Sometimes it's a little controversial this holiday. You know, some people kind of lean away from it, but I think it's fun for the kids. And of course, I'm talking about National Knock Knock Joke Day, right? That's what today is, right? National Knock Knock Joke Day. So, you may not have known that. There you go. You might have been thinking of something else. I don't know what else today is, but it's definitely National Knock Knock Joke Day. So, I have a knock-knock joke for you. So, knock-knock. Heaven. Haven't seen you in church in a while. You should come more often. It'd be great to see you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, thank you. Every now and then, every once in a while, it's a good one. Yeah. So, if the ushers will come forward, hopefully that's a good treat for you. But now that you had a good laugh and good time, maybe uh, now is a good time for you to give your offering and worship in a different way. We had a lot of big worship just then, right? We sometimes forget that one of the most important, amazing ways we worship is through our giving, giving of our, our money, giving of ourselves, giving of our, our dreams, our life, everything like that. So we want to give everything to God, and that's one of the most amazing ways you can worship. It's the most basic way you can worship, and it's a very important way to worship. So this is a good time to give your gift. So let's say our blessing. God, I just thank you for this day, and I thank you for just everything you do for us, God, and all the incredible, incredible things you you put into our lives, God. Um, sometimes we don't even see the amazing things you do for us. And I just pray that as we give in this offering, that you just bless the offering and use it in incredible ways. And uh, I know every cent goes to something amazing to glorify your kingdom, God. And and I just have so much faith when I give in that offering that you're going to do amazing things with it. God, I just pray that you be with us throughout this week. And I just pray that you just... Bless us, and that we listen to this offer or this message today and just get a lot out of it, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Spain. It's a beautiful country with an abundance of sunshine, thousands of years of history, and over 49 million people who love to have fun. Spaniards are no strangers to the gospel, but many are struggling and looking for something they're not finding. They are culturally and historically Catholic. Most would claim Catholicism, but in the same sentence say they do not believe. Due to the political role and conflicting views within the church, Spaniards have abandoned any faith they may have once had. Most Spaniards are atheists or agnostic in their belief and have become extremely secular over the past century. They have drifted so far away from God, they don't even consider faith in God as an option for their lives. Tragically, less than 1% of Spaniards identify as being born-again evangelical Christians. And if the rapture were to happen today, 
most Spaniards wouldn't even notice. This is where Adam and Bethany Weatherly will help make a difference. If the Lord wills, they will return to Spain to work with Global University. There, they will reach the lost through sharing the gospel in Spain and around Europe. They will train the found by teaching and equipping the next generation of church leaders and church workers so they can effectively share the gospel with their own people in their own language and cultural contexts. And finally, the Weatherlies will help create resources for evangelism, discipleship, and church growth. You can help impact Spaniards with the gospel through praying for the Weatherlies as they raise funds to return to Spain and by becoming a ministry partner who gives monthly to help sustain their ministry efforts. For more information about the Weatherlies, their ministry, and how you can be involved, please visit showingtheworld.com and follow along on social media. Well, good morning. How are y'all doing today? So first of all, I'd like to thank Pastor Bardwell for allowing me to be here today. We take it as a great honor and privilege each time that a pastor allows us to come and share what God is doing around the world. Uh, like the video said, my name is Adam Weatherly, and my wife Bethany and I serve as Assemblies of God World Missionaries to Spain. Now, my wife could not be here this morning because we have a sicko kid at home, and we know it's not COVID, and we know it's not strep throat because we had him tested this weekend, so we're safe there. Uh, but we have some really easy ways for you to remember how to pray for us. The first way is you can grab one of our prayer cards. We have a table out here in the foyer that has some magazines and prayer cards on it. We, please feel free to take anything off the table. Um, well, not anything. The magazines are the prayer cards. And uh, we ask that you put this on your refrigerator or in your Bible, whichever one you open up most, because that's where we want to be. So each time you see this prayer card, you can remember to pray for us. The second way is you can simply remember your ABCs. Because if you can remember your ABCs, then you can remember to pray for Adam, Bethany, Caleb, and Samuel Weatherly. And then finally, for those of you who are on social media, uh, you can actually get out your phone and scan that QR code. And that'll take you to our links. So you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and all of the fun places where you can stay up to date with what we're doing. So I'm going to start off by telling you a story. This story is about a man named Kike. Kike is from northern Spain, and by the time that he was old enough to, by the time he was 16 years old, he had gotten himself in so much trouble with the law that he was arrested, he was tried, and he was thrown in prison. And with the way the Spanish judicial system works, they threw away the key. There was no light at the end of Kike's tunnel. And then one day as he was sitting in prison, there was a ministry called Raymar that started coming in. And Raymar is, is really similar to our Teen Challenge. And as Raymar came in, they started holding cru crusades in the prison system and Bible studies and, and doing all the things that they do. And one day after hearing everything, Kike felt this weird sensation that he could not describe. And all he knew was that he was supposed to go and live with the men at Raymar. So Kike went to the warden, and the warden took Kike to the judge, and the judge said, Kike, I will allow you to go and live with the men at Raymar under two conditions. The first is that you have to follow every single last rule that they set up for you. No questions asked. And the second was that he had to follow through with his parole. Now, let me tell you, it took him about half a second to say yes to that deal. 
And so Kike left with the men at Ramar that day. And while he was there living with them, they started doing what I call pre-discipleship, where they started teaching him and showing him what it truly meant to be a true, authentic Christian. One day, after hearing the gospel many times, Kike finally said yes to Jesus Christ as his Lord, his God, and his Savior. But God wasn't done with Kike yet. One day, as Kike was learning to read his Bible and, and just learning the basic things of our faith, he heard the voice of the Lord. And the Lord said, Kike, I want you to start a feeding ministry. And Kike said, Lord, for you, I will do anything. And so he started this feeding ministry. And before he knew it, this feeding ministry had grown so large, he couldn't do it by himself. And so he had to raise up his own leadership team. And after some time, once again, while Kike was in his Bible study time, reading God's word, the Lord spoke to him again and said, Kike, you've built up the leadership team for this feeding ministry. You've started the Bible study. It's going to run. It's going to be okay. And what I want you to do instead is I want you to step down from the feeding ministry and earn your ministerial credentials. And Kike said, Lord, for you, I will do anything. But I have no clue what you're talking about. So Kike stepped down from the feeding ministry that day. And that's when he was introduced to Global University in Spain. It was there that he started at the lowest level of the School of Evangelism and Discipleship. He took all the classes and all the courses so that way he knew what it meant to be a true, authentic Christian in a world that is contrary to Christ. When he graduated from those classes, he went into the Berean School of Ministry. And it was there that they taught him everything they need, that he needed to know about the Bible. Not only how to apply it to himself, but to apply it to others as well. And they also taught him what it meant to be in ministry. You know, ministry is a 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year job. There is no days off for our pastors. And when Kike finished the Berean School of Ministry, he had earned his ministerial credentials. And then once again, now Kike knew what it was to follow after the voice of the Lord and to, to, to follow after the Holy Spirit. And in his quiet time, the Lord came to him again and said, Kike, remember that Bible study that you started along with the feeding ministry? I want you to go back. That Bible study is now your church. Friends, today, Kike is the pastor of a thriving, growing church that is doing whatever they possibly can to win souls to the kingdom of God. Yeah, praise God. Praise God. Remember that feeding ministry we were talking about? Over 3,000 people go through that feeding ministry every single week and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ presented. You see, friends, where we live at in Spain, with it being less than 1% born-again evangelical Christian, it takes anybody and everybody who is willing to take a step of faith to go and do the work. And as Paul puts it in Romans chapter 10, Starting in verse 15, he says, For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they going to call on the name of the Lord if they have not heard? If they don't believe? 
And if they don't believe because they haven't heard, then who are we going to go have preached to them? Preachers must be sent. And then he goes on to say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Now, I've got to be careful. I'm not preaching today. So, friends, what I'm asking you today is would you consider having beautiful feet and helping to send us back to Spain so that way we can do what God has called us to do and make a difference for the gospel in a country that is less than 1% born-again evangelical Christian. Today, we're here. We are almost finished with our itineration journey. In fact, we have $223 left to raise in recurring monthly support. And so we're asking you to help us out with that. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. It's a great honor and a great privilege. Thank you so much. Well, today we're going to have many opportunities to give, and, and we will, at the end of the service, give one for Mike. Uh, but for now, this is the pastor appreciation uh, offering. And we are so blessed to have the pastors we have. You know, 1 Samuel 2.30 says that I will honor those who honor me. And I think it's also true that if we honor our pastors, God will honor us. And then uh, 1 Timothy 5.17 says, For the elders who do well at the church and take care of the church will be double honor, but especially the pastors and the teachers. And so we are so, so blessed to have the Bardwells uh, you know, the pastor, you know, I, I click off the things I think is important to a pastor. One, he, he meets people well, he, he delivers a great sermon, he goes to the hospital, he prays for you, he's a fervent prayer warrior. Just, he, he just meets a lot of our needs, all of our needs, really, and, and appreciate that. And then we get with Xenia, and who has more enthusiasm and caring for the young people than Xenia? Just an amazing person. And Pastor Richard, we don't always see him, but... He's the creative guy that does a tremendous amount of work, and I uh, just appreciate Pastor Richard and all the background things. Even though you don't see him, he's doing a, a tremendous amount of work around here. Yeah, then i got to remember Drake. Drake, it's a special person that uh, manages a youth program. I tell you that, I, I, I don't comprehend how to do that, and uh, it takes a, a lot of effort. But anyway, we, we would like to bless our pastors today and take up an offering for them and then again we will take up a separate offering after the service for mr mike uh, let's pray father we thank you for our pastors god we thank you that we're blessed and god today we just honor them god that they do all the work for us god and point us to your presence amen amen thank you this month has been a great month for us pastors because the entire month the church has done so many things to honor us. We had a great movie night uh, that was here, and we had a wonderful turnout for that. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. We have a special thing we're going to do for you pretty soon, so hang on for that. We, uh, we're trying something new on that. But uh, last night, man, as a pastor, I was so proud of our church. Uh, we tried something we had not done at this church before. We did a trunk and treat in the parking lot. And man, people started coming 30 minutes before we opened and stayed 30 minutes after we left. Uh, well, not after we left, after we were supposed to close down. We were still here, thank goodness. But we had a great night. And I want to say thank you to all the ones who worked last night. Thank you to all the ones who brought candy. Thank you to everybody who made that possible. So let's just give everybody a big hand. It was awesome. 
All of the parents were so appreciative that all the costumes were awesome. And um, we had a great, great night. And I'm exhausted today because of that. And so, goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stand with me today. Let's get ready for the meat of the Word of God. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited about this message. Take your Bibles, lift them with me. Repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. And Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, Help the preacher. Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Well, this is a time of the year to where there's so much conversation about a lot of controversial things about Halloween. Today is a Sunday on October the 31st, and it's Halloween Day. And so I titled my message, Trick or Treat. They say, Pastor, how are you going to get a Halloween message out of the Word of God? Man, there's all kinds of stuff I can draw from. And so today I want to give you just a little bit of understanding of Halloween because here's what, here's what has happened in our world. Everything that God has given to us, the enemy takes it and steals it from us and turns it into something that it's not meant to be. The first thing the enemy took from us was our music. I mean, Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven. When he took his angels, he's like, I'm going to take this music and turn it toward me instead of toward God. And so nowadays, when we have all the instruments in the church and we have all the things we're doing with lights and all that, people go, oh, we're bringing the world into the church. No, we're taking back what the enemy has stolen from us and we're celebrating our God. In the Psalms, he says, let everything that hath breath, he says, you know what? Take the harps, the cymbals, the lyres, the trumpet, everything you have and give it glory to God. God loves that. And you know what? God instituted something called Halloween. And you know what the enemy's done? Taking it and made it something different. The word itself means hallowed evening. That's what it started out being. It was previously known to the early European celebrators as All Hallows' Eve. October the 31st and November the 1st put together. And both of these days paid homage to saints. Hallows equals saints. So it's All Saints Day. And so we shortened it to Halloween. And many people were said to dress up as saints. Here's how it started. Dress up as saints, go door to door, and recite songs and verses of the Bible. And the kids would then ask for a great treat. It was called a soul cake, S-O-U-L cake, a soul cake, basically a biscuit. Now, how many kids today would be happy with a biscuit? <laughs> but they would go door to door, recite these songs of the church, recite verses, and people would give them soul cakes, biscuits, and it was a great, great event. And it eventually became part of Halloween night as a concept in America as trick-or-treating. Then it turned into candy-grabbing little monsters. <laughs> and nowadays, if you don't give them enough, they'll toilet paper your yard, uh, all these things. <laughs> but we've taken 
and allowed the enemy to steal from the church. This was all about saints and honoring the saints and paying homage to the saints. It wasn't about anything demonic or anything evil or anything dark. But you see how the enemy takes everything and turns it somehow toward him? He's narcissistic. But the Bible says every word that comes out of his mouth is what? It's a lie. He is known as the great deceiver. He deceives even the choicest of Christians sometimes. He deceives us because he's really good at what he does. He's had thousands and thousands of years of practice and he practices on every generation. The problem is when we are born, we're born into it and we don't have all the history of all the previous generations to know his tricks. We start over, but he does it. He is really good at what he does. So let me ask you a few little questions and I want you to respond however you want to, with a yes or a no, but I want you to say it to where uh, I can hear you loudly. All right. So how many, do you believe in God? Yes. Do you believe there's a heaven? Yes. Do you believe there's a hell? Yes. How many of you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes. How many of you believe there's a devil? Yes. How many believe there's a physical world? Yes. And how many of you believe there's a spiritual world? Yes. There's two worlds we live in. There's a physical world and there's a spiritual world and we're living in them simultaneously. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 28. Verses 5 and 6 says this. The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. So he inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. So you have the scene. Saul is set up at Gilboa, the enemies at Ashunam, and he looks out at the Philistine army and the vastness of this Philistine army, and he's filled with fear. Terror fills his heart. So the first response that he has, Saul, is, I'm going to go inquire of the Lord. But the Lord did not answer him. There's a reason why God did not answer Saul. If you look in the previous chapters, I don't have the time to develop it this morning because I'm crunching everything real tight today. But Saul was a man who, who kept close to God through a prophet by the name of Samuel. But now Saul has gone his own way. He has departed from God. And I want to tell you, when you walk away from God, uh, sometimes God will not answer you. And so God did not answer him. So he sought the prophets. The prophets didn't have a word for him. He sought dreams. He didn't have any dreams. And he even went to the Urim and the Thummim. Uh, when you say Urim in the Old Testament, it, it's both of them. The Urim and the Thummim was on the breastplate of the priest. And they were called the perfect light or the miraculous light because the priest would use these stones, the Urim and the Thummim, and they would forecast, cast lots, Tell what the future was in certain decision making. Remember that guy by the name of Achan? Uh, remember they cast lots that was the Urim and the Thummim to figure out who was stealing from Jericho. And they found out it was Achan and his family hidden it in the tent. And so even seeking out the Urim and the Thummim, he could not get an answer from God. God was silent. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Listen, the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. We need to be careful when we are dealing with God because there's a time to where God will just walk away. 
and say, you know what, I'm done with you. You've walked away from me, and now I'm going to walk, I'm not going to answer you. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to give you anything. Why? Because you have gone so far from me. The Lord did not answer him. The prophets didn't have any word. He was 0 for 3. 1 Samuel 28, verse 7. Saul then said to his attendants, Find me a woman who is a medium, so that I may go to her and inquire of her. And they said, There is one in Endor. You see, Saul, previously under the influence of Samuel, had outlawed all witchcraft. He had outlawed all mediums. He had outlawed any kind of influence of that type of spiritual activity. And so now, because he does not hear from God through any of the methods, he's desperate, he's fearful, terror has filled his heart, and he says, hey, find me a woman, find me a man, find me someone who is still practicing the arts, and I want to go to them and get an answer. Wow. Can I tell you that desperate people do desperate things? 1 Samuel 28, verses 8 through 10. So Saul disguised himself, putting on other clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman. Consult the spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me one I name. But the woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Saul swore to her by the Lord. As surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. So Saul, in the middle of the night... Puts on a Halloween costume, gets two guys, and let's go talk to a medium. Yeah. They found one. She was practicing under the cloak of night. No one's supposed to know about it. And so when he comes to her, he says, wait a minute. You set me a trap here. You're trying to deceive me. He goes, no, no. And he swore. I want to tell you, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. And when you get away from God, you, sometimes you're lame. He would have never sworn when he was close to God and, and with, under the influence of Samuel. But now he's gotten away from God and now he's swearing by the name of the Lord. Better be careful because you see the progression happens, then fascination happens, and then devastation happens. That is a process you need to put in your brain because it happens the same way in every instance with every person. You have this progression all of a sudden going on and it goes from fascination to devastation in just a moment because the enemy is a deceiver. This woman was a medium. Guess what mediums do? They deceive people. And she said, wait a minute, Saul. You've come here to trick me. Don't trick me because... The Saul has said that if anybody's practicing, that he'll kill him. He said, oh, no, no. I swear by the Lord, nothing's going to happen to you. Wow. To get his answer, he's going to a lot of trouble. And when you go through a lot of trouble, you're headed for trouble. When you have to do things under the cloak of darkness when you have to do things in secrecy, when you have to disguise yourself, when you have to use language so nobody will recognize you, when you have to do all these steps of trouble to you, you're headed for trouble. Look at verse 11. Then the woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Here's what Saul said. Bring up Samuel. Wow. Saul has really, really gone down a dark road. 
He's aborted God, and now he asked the woman, who is a witch, to give him an answer. I'm telling you, witches, fortune tellers, people who practice these arts, they have tricks to deceive people. They do not speak in truth. They do not speak in the light. They're cloaked in darkness and they have tricks to deceive you so that all of a sudden they'll say something and go, oh, that's right. How did you know that? Tricks. She says, okay, I'll bring Samuel to you, thinking that she would do what she had done with every other person. I'll trick them. I'll trick Saul into thinking I'm bringing up Samuel. But look at this, verse 12. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. All of a sudden now she's getting a revelation. I was going to trick you. I was going to deceive you. Now what in the world? She wasn't expecting Samuel. She was expecting to deceive him with some kind of cloak of trickery and all this kind of stuff to make him think. But when she... And all of a sudden, Samuel coming up from the earth. Oh my, the, what? She was not expecting this. And may I insert right here, she did not have the power to bring Samuel up. God gave the power to bring Samuel up. And now she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Something's going on here bigger than me. I don't know what this is, but you've tricked me. See, there's a lot of trickery going on in our world today. There's a lot of trickery by the enemy to deceive you to believing that something is the truth that's a lie. And we're so easily deceived that the Bible says even those who are the very elect of God will be tricked into believing lies. She said, this is not one of my tricks. Instead of tricking you, you've tricked me. And she was then terrified terrified she screams <laughs> and I want to tell you something today church listen to me listen to me do not play around do not think the devil is a toy you can play with do not think that things of the spiritual world are just fascination. Do not open yourself up to that influence. Because at first, it's fascination. I've had people in the church tell me, it's just entertainment, Pastor. Oh, the devil's entertaining you. And he's tricking you. And you're going to go from a fascination to a devastation. Look at verse 13. The king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? You see, he still couldn't see it. The woman said, I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. And Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? In other words, why did God disturb me to have me come back to you? See, there's a real spiritual world. And right now in your life and my life and in this church and everywhere else, there's spiritual warfare going on that we do not see. The Bible says that when we gather together, this is holy ground. This is God's house. And there are angels posted all around this place, warring angels of God to protect this place from the influence of the enemy. But we cannot play around with things that we really don't understand. 
Listen, this is not entertainment. This is the trickery of the enemy. I've seen people open themselves to satanic influence. I've seen people look into the stars to figure out what kind of day they're going to have. I've seen people looking at horoscopes. I've seen people who play around with Ouija boards. Fortune tellers, witches, all those things. Listen, their whole thing is to trick the truth. Trick, deceive, lie. Every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And these people do not have the authentic power of God. They have a deceptive power of Satan. We need to look to God. Look to God for your day. Look to God for what you need. Look to God for your strength. Look to God for your wisdom. Look to God for your knowledge. Look to God for everything. Because he is the true king of kings and the Lord of lords. 1 Timothy 4.1 says this. The spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Can you imagine Men and women of God being deceived and being following after things that are taught by demons. Yes, they will do that. Why? Because it's just fascinating. Yeah. Did you know that there are spirits that are attached to sin? Did you know that? Biblical truth. Let me give you some biblical truth. Alcohol has a spirit attached to it. It has a, it's a, this is a spiritual thing we're talking about here. Drugs have a spirit attached to them. Adultery has a spirit. Fornication has a spirit. These sins in the word of God, they have a spirit that's attached to them. And it gets into you and influences you and causes you to be deceived. We don't need to be religious. We need a relationship with God. 1 Samuel 28, 16, you see Saul had gotten away from relationship. Look at verse 16. Samuel said, why do you consult me? Now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy. You see, Samuel understood the truth. Saul walked away from God and now God is Samuel, Saul's enemy. The Lord has done what he has done and predicted it through me. Remember that, Saul? All the things I told you don't do, you've done them. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David, because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites. The Lord has done this to you today. Saul was not obedient. He departed from God and now God has departed from him. Samson, remember that guy Samson, the big strong guy? Here's what the word of God says. He did not even realize that the spirit of God had departed from him. When you go down these influence roads of demonic activity and satanic things, it's all trickery and you won't even realize where you are headed because the enemy is deceiving you into believing something that's not true. Look at verse number 19. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines and you and your sons tomorrow you're going to be with me. Wow. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. So Saul, do you really want to know your future? Do you really want to consult some tarot cards and see what happened in here? Let me tell you, tomorrow you and your sons, you're going to be dead tomorrow. How many of you want to know the day and time you're going to die? I don't. I don't want to know that. 
The Bible says take care of today because tomorrow has enough problems of its own. Why are we consulting tarot cards and why are we looking at horoscopes? If we are men and women of God, let's look to the Word of God and find out where our life is today. We don't need to open ourselves to this kind of influence. Do you really want to know your future? Listen, you need to be careful to the music you're listening to. I'm not one of these old guys. I love all kinds of music. I love it. But you got to be careful what the message is. For years, people have talked about this genre and this genre. There's good songs in most every genre. There's good stuff. I love good country music. I love rock and roll. I love it all. But I got to say, what's the message? What's the message? If the message is about doing things that are going to take you from God, maybe you ought to steer from that. I remember as a kid, a missionary coming to our, our church from Africa and his son, this was just when a, a new genre of music was coming out and his son had taken a, a big old boom box with him, you know how that back in the day, and he was playing some of his updated genre of music and, and they were in one of the tribal uh, camps out in, the, out in the bush and so all of a sudden the chief of the tribe came out and, and to, went into the tent of the missionary and said, said, why are you summoning the demons? Yeah. Music has things attached to it. And music will cause your heartbeat to change. And music will cause chemicals in your body to be released. And you will then begin to do something that you didn't even intend to do. Why? Because of the influence of the beat and the influence of the music going on in your mind and going on in your heart. The enemy's going, man, I'm tricking them, I'm tricking them, I'm tricking them. I'm deceiving, I'm tricking, I'm tricking. Boom, and then all of a sudden, you've gone from fascination to devastation. There's two worlds that we live in. God has a world. Satan has a world. God has angels. Satan has demons. God has lambs. Satan has goats. God has truth. Satan has lies. God has light. Satan has darkness. Everything that God has created and everything that God has set up over here in his kingdom, Satan has a mirror image of it but deceptive. He makes people think, I have power. I can do this in your life. And you know what we seek after? Power, fame, money, all those things. Popular, all these things. We seek after, and we're living in two worlds, and which world are we going to believe is going to be the truth for our life? And I got to tell you, so many people, in Spain, 1% of people are Christians. They are being deceived. You know what our brother told me? He said, listen, in Spain, you don't get to choose where you send your... The, 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 the state sends them to these communist schools. I said, man, that's kind of sounding like America just a little bit right now. The parents have no say over the education of their children. And so he's got to make a special effort to get his children with the right education in a Christian school. Listen, deception, deceiving, it makes it look pretty and, and here's something free and here's something nice and, and oh, this is going to give you popularity and this is going to give you fame and this is going to give you power. But he doesn't tell you the spirit attaches to your soul and the deception. And it, he deceives even those who are the very elect in the house of God. Acts 19, because you may say, well, Pastor, this is all Old Testament now. So I got some New Testament for all those who just got to have it new. Acts 19, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. 
they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And one day, the evil spirit answered them. What? <laughs> what? Here's what he said. Jesus I know. Paul I know about. But who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all. Overpowered seven men. He gave them such a beating, they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Wow. People trying to do something that don't have the power to do it. Hey, we've seen Paul do it. Let's turn this into a money-making scheme. We'll cast out demons. This would be pretty cool. Except they didn't understand that you need power. You see, Jesus I know and Paul I know about. But who are you? See, I believe every day the devil ought to get so scared when you wake up. I believe that. I believe when you roll out of bed, he's going to go, wait a minute. Jesus I know. Paul I know. Pastor Bardwell, I know that guy. PCA Church, I know that church. I know who you are. You're men and women who are not tricked by Satan, but you are men and women who have sought God in his name and his power. Hallelujah. Today as Christians, we don't need to be fearful of the enemy. We don't need to get terrified of, the, of those coming against us. Why? Because we have the power of God and the power of God destroys destroys the influence of the enemy. The Bible does tell us so there are some who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. We don't need a form of godliness in our churches. We don't need a form of godliness in our pulpits. We don't need a form of godliness when we walk out of here. We are looking at a world that's looking to us and go, where's the power? If we are not finding power in the church, we'll go find it somewhere else. But they're going to be deceived because what they're being deceived of is just trickery. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. There's power in the name of Jesus. The Bible says when we speak the name of Jesus, demons tremble, all hell shakes. Why? They know Jesus. Power in the blood of Jesus Christ. If you have the blood of Jesus Christ on your life, don't be terrified by the enemy. I've had Christians call me in times past. I had a woman call me at 4 o'clock in the morning. Pastor, you need to come over. There's demons all over my house and in my bedroom. And I said, what? I said, are you a child of God? Well, yes, sir. But, but the, I said, then, then stand up in your house and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. This is my house. This is my house. These are my kids. This is my domain. You have no authority in this house. And the Bible says when we resist the enemy, the enemy does what? He flees. He runs because he understands the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and he has no authority in that room. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5 says this, For though we live in the world, there's two worlds, physical, spiritual, we do not wage wars, other people do. We don't. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have weapons with divine power to do what? Demolish. We don't play around. 
We demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to God. As men and women of God, we don't play around with the devil. We don't entertain the devil. I'm not fascinated by the devil. Here I am today. I want to do devastation to the kingdom of hell and let the kingdom of God be built up. We've got the power to do it. We need to walk and live in that power. We demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. We demolish. We don't come around and just knock it down and play around. We come in and we demolish. Why? Because of the authority of Jesus Christ in our lives. He says, I've given you dominion and authority over all things. Mark chapter 5. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerizines. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came to, from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. See, that's what they were doing on Mount Carmel. Prophets of Baal cutting themselves and crying out to their God. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. Why? Authority bows the enemy. He shouted at the top of his voice, Why, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He said, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. You see, the enemy has to beg Jesus. We don't. We don't have to beg in spiritual warfare. We stand in authority. We speak and there's power in our words. Why? Because God gives us the power. It's not my power and it's not your power, but it's the power of the name of Jesus. It is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out, went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank in the lake and were drowned. Why? Power. Power. If you want real power, go to Jesus Christ. If you want to have the strongholds demolished in your life, call on Jesus Christ. If you want to have addictions broken in your life, call on Jesus Christ. If you want to be set free from the bondages of sin, you call on Jesus Christ. Why? There is power in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, people who follow after Christ are not tricked. Here we go. You ready? We get the treat. We get the treat of the Holy Spirit. There's no trickery in the Holy Spirit. There's no trick. It's just a treat when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. God indwells you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man, there's something about the power of God that sets us free. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, you guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Listen, we cannot play around with things. Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I've done a lot of studies through the years. I've studied soteriology. Soteriology, it comes from a Greek word, soteria, which means savior, which means this is all of our theology about salvation. Studied all those platforms and all those uh, premises and foundations of salvation. I've studied angelology. You know, there's studies about angels. 
Wonderful study. Understand all the dimensions and the, the levels of authority of angels. And then I've also studied demonology. How I many know you need to know your enemy? The problem with the church today is we know more about the enemy and we get so terrified by the enemy we don't even know who we are in Christ and we don't understand the authority. We, we know more about demons than we do angels. Here's what I love about the Bible. It is so awesome. In Revelation, the Bible says that Satan's going to be put into a, a, a pit for a thousand years. Here's what it says. An angel doesn't even name him. Low-level authority angel. An angel goes to the devil, binds him up, and throws him in the pit. One of the lowest level of angels has enough authority and power given to them by God to bind up the devil himself and throw him in the pit. Come on. Come on. I just talked to you about Job, about how big God was in Job. I talked about Jeremiah and how big God was in Jeremiah. We got to understand, don't get tricked by the enemy today. You enjoy the treats of the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit. You enjoy the treat of being a child of God. You enjoy the treat of God saying, cast all your cares upon me for I care for you. You enjoy all the treats of being one that says, I will never leave you, never forsake you. I've got all power in heaven and earth. I am omnipotent God, all-powerful God. I am omniscient God. I know all things. I am omnipresent God. I am everywhere. Where and if I am for you, then who can be against you? Why in the world are we getting tricked today? It's time to enjoy the treats of the Holy Spirit. Saul was so far away from God, he went after the tricks. Today we need to seek the treat. You come to me, you're thirsty, you will never thirst again. Drink of the living water. You come to me and you are hungry, you come and eat the bread of life and you will never hunger again. We will not be fascinated by the things of the world anymore. We will not be fascinated by all the things because we have such a treat in knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. What a treat we have in Jesus. What a friend. What a counselor. You need wisdom, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Father, and he will give it to you liberally if you ask without doubting. You need financial help, he will supply all your needs according to his riches. You need peace of your mind. You take every thought captive and make it subject to the power of the Holy Spirit, and God will give you peace that surpasseth all understanding. You need hope. Hold on. The enemy will pull your world out from under you in devastation. But God says, I will hold you up with my right hand. His right hand signifies power. Wow. God today has a treat for everybody in this world. We've just got to stop being tricked by the devil. We get deceived. We get tricked so easily. People today in this world, let me tell you what they're hungry for. They want to walk into a church. They want to walk into your life and find somebody that has real power. Real power. Somebody who knows how to get into the presence of God and pray the power of the Holy Spirit down. I can tell you all kind of confrontations I've had with satanic power through the year in my ministry. And listen, it has no authority with the name of Jesus. 
I had a witch come to one of my services when I was pastoring, and I didn't know she was in there. We were having church. All of a sudden, the sound system started going crazy. Holy Spirit said to me, something's not right here. So I went up on the platform, stopped the service. I said, ladies and gentlemen, we need to call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now. The whole church started just saying the name Jesus. I said, I, we just need to do this. All of a sudden, a woman in the back screams. Screams, bloody screaming. She falls on the floor, and then she says, I was sent here by a coven of witches to destroy this church, but there is something in this house I was not expecting. Woo! There's got to be something in this house that the enemy cannot expect. There's got to be something in your life that the enemy's not expecting. There's got to be some kind of power and anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life that rises up and says, no, wait a minute. There's got to be something in every mom and dad's heart that says to the enemy, you're not taking my kids. These are my kids. This is my family. This is my house. And we're about to fight. This is my finances. This is my health. This is my life. And I will not allow you to destroy any of it. This is my church. This is God's house. And we will not allow the enemy to destroy anything in this house. This is our nation of America. And it's time for us to get on our knees and cry out, God, let your power be revealed again. We've got too many people being deceived, being tricked into lifestyles that go away from God, tricked and deceived into thinking that goes away from God, tricked and deceived about finances in every area of our life, and we're going after these tricks because it's fascinating. It's got a good front on it. Seek the Lord while he may be found. The Bible says, ask and you shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. But you've got to do every bit of that. God responds to our desires. He said, if you are mine, I will give you the desires of your heart. Because if you are his, guess what you're going to desire? A close presence with God. A relationship. Not religion. Brother Adam and his family wants to take relationship to Spain. We've got to bring relationship to America again. We are a nation founded upon the word of God. And the enemy's coming in like a flood into our nation and presenting everything with pretty bows and pretty packages. And even some of those who are children of God are going to be deceived by it and say, well, that's okay. I guess it'll be all right. But, but sin has got to be revealed. Right. Truth has got to be preached. Right. I can't be up here trying to trick you. I need to be up here giving you truth. When you come to my house, you're going to get the truth. When you come to my house, you're going to get the treat and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're going to get a soul cake. You may not want it right at first, but it's going to make you feel so much better. Why? Because this is where the saints hang out. Stand with me today. I need those that are going to help us to please come. Today is Communion Sunday in our house. Man, I love Communion Sunday. Because it reminds us that Jesus Christ did not come to the world to trick the world. 
but he came into the world that all might be treated to salvation. It is not God's will that any should perish. God created hell for Satan and the demons that followed him. Not for any of us. But because of sin in the garden that separated us from God, if we do not accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will be separated from God. If you continue to walk away from God, guess what? One day you will not get an answer. God will not answer you. Not by the pastor, not by your mama, not by your grandma, not by reading the word of God, not by praying. It'll be just silence. That ought to put fear in every heart. I always want God to speak to me. I always want the Holy Spirit to nudge me and the Holy Spirit to guide me, direct my footsteps, direct my thoughts. I want the Holy Spirit involved in my life because if the Holy Spirit's involved in your everyday life, guess what? Life is a treat. Some days it's tough, but it's still a treat because to be absent in the body, to be present with God. Woo! Hallelujah. So with every head bowed for just a moment, just a moment. Is there anyone in here today who said, Pastor, I've been tricked. I've been sold a bill of goods. I was told this will make my life better. I was told and I was deceived. I was tricked by the enemy. But today I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to say today I want to stop the trickery in my life. I want to stop the deception. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, raise your hand right now and say, I've been tricked, but I want to get treated today right now in the house of God. I want, I want to be a child of God. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm not going to take long because this doesn't take long. You know in your heart if everything's right with God, you know it. The Holy Spirit talks with you. Wonderful. Can I tell you how awesome it is? For everybody in this house, you've just testified, I am a child of God. Ushers, would you go ahead and continue to pass out the communion? If you're a child of God, we do not have closed communion in our church. Everyone can participate. The Bible just tells us, search your heart and make sure there's nothing there between you and God. So right now, they're going to sing a song. I want you to search your heart. Say, God, is there anything? I do this every day in my life. I pray this prayer. Father, if there's anything in my life that's unpleasing to you, Father, forgive me. Wash me, cleanse me, purify me white as snow. I want to make sure my heart and my mind and my soul is right with you in Jesus' name. So while they're singing this song, just take a moment and get your heart right with God.
so I can live. Oh, the Lamb. Oh, see the Lamb. Great I am. The great I am who takes away my sin. Oh, the blood of Jesus washes me. victory today church there's no trick it's truth God sent his only begotten son to die for you and me so that we could be friends of God so we could be heirs and join heirs with Jesus Christ what a treat what a treat what a sweet sweet truth today take your bread and hold it up we remember the sacrifice we didn't have a pay the price he paid a price we could not pay Today, we hold the bread. It represents the body of Jesus Christ. It is symbolic in nature. If you're at home today, get a piece of bread, get a cracker, something to just symbolize the blood of Jesus Christ and His body. Father, today we thank You for the body of Your Son, Jesus Christ. You sent Your Son from heaven to earth, born of a virgin, born as we are born, lived as we are lived and tempted in every way yet without sin he became Emmanuel with us so that he could understand what we go through at church today he understands every emotion every doubt every question that you have and he died on that cross he took stripes on his back for our healing nails pierced his hands and his feet crown of thorns on his head and a spear thrust in his side and he said, it is finished. Hallelujah. He did all that for you and me so that we would stop the trickery in our lives. Today we hold this bread and we give God thanks for the body of Jesus Christ. Thank you for that treat. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us eat together. I want you to take your cup and hold it up with me. This is symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood that washes away all my sin. Not a trace of it. It's gone forever. Hallelujah. When Jesus looks at you, you are righteous. You're in right standing, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. The blood seals my future I don't look to the other world for my future I look to God the author and the finisher of my faith can I ask you to do one thing church if you are social distancing I don't want you to come I want you to stay where you're at I just feel prompted by the Holy Spirit could everybody just kind of come forward today for, we're going to do something here in just a moment I just feel like the Holy Spirit just kind of interrupted me and saying, Pastor, have everybody come with their cup and, and I, I want to do something in their lives today. I'm going to give you a treat. 
the Holy Spirit, such a sweet, sweet Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's a gentleman. Come on in close. We need to get everybody in. It's going to take everybody kind of squeezing in. Take this cup and lift it. This is symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, the blood of Jesus. This is what gives me victory. Hallelujah. The Bible says that you are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves you, who saves you. You're conquerors. You're not to be conquered. You conquer. You have the power of God dwelling inside of you. You have the authority given to you by God to take authority over all dominions and all evil and all influences in your life. You do not live in terror or fear. You live in victory and power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. That is who you are. You are clothed with God. Hallelujah. The blood makes this possible. What a treat. Father, today we thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. It destroys, it demolishes strongholds. It demolishes pretensions and arguments. It demolishes any kind of influence of hell over our lives. Hallelujah. And today we thank you for the treat. In your holy name we pray, let us drink together. Now Noah brought you to the front. And I know you got a cup in here and you're like, Pastor, what are we going to do? Just set it on the floor. Just set the cup on the floor. It's okay. I want us to sing that song, I Speak Jesus. I want you today, if there's something in your life that you need God to intervene in, if there's a family member, if there's a situation, it's a job, it's your health, it's your family, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. Everybody here, I cannot know this. But I know one thing, the devil will not leave you alone. He doesn't leave me alone. Causes doubts and all these. You got to take authority. And the way you do that is how? The name of Jesus. We're going to sing this and I need you, if there's anything in your life, whether it's temptations, struggles, whatever it is, whether it's your mind, I don't know. Right now is your time to take authority over that. Right now, you ready? Here we go. Jesus from the mountains Come on. and Jesus in the streets. Yes. Jesus in the darkness. Jesus for my family. I speak. I speak the holy Jesus from the mountains, Jesus. Jesus in the streets, Jesus, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy
Listen, I've seen too many men and women of God get tricked by the enemy. The fascination draws them in and there's devastation. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at pcachurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.